Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio, your one stop for creative inspiration. We have a terrific hour of ideas and tips for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm Pat Sloan. You know, when I was at the trade show, I was going down the aisle and I saw Amy Butler and I was chatting to her about her new fabric and she has some really cool um, fabric out that's done on or will be coming out that's done on Poplin. And I thought, you know what, we need to talk about this because (laughs) it's a little bit different. And, you know, I love all the designs. Amy, thanks for being here. Oh, gosh, thank you. Thank you for that great introduction. It's it's so wonderful. We were just chatting how, you know, you see people and it's like, oh, well, let's stay in touch. we got to get together. And I'm so grateful that you created this opportunity for us to hang out for a few minutes. This is wonderful. You know, when when I went into your booth, it was just, you know, you do such an amazing job putting together a story for your collection. The one that I'm, that I'm interested in is called Soulmate. And is that coming out or is that in stores now? It's just in stores now, so it started shipping to retailers here in the U.S. about the first week of July, and now it's you know starting to ship in Europe as well. Oh, yay! yay. So yeah, so when you know you have, do you even know how many collections you've designed? I should. <laughs> I I don't off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. I've been. Yeah. I can tell you, I've been designing for almost twenty years, which is, blows my mind. So yeah. this is. 17 and a half years. So next year will be 18 years designing fabric. Yeah. So tons, tons and tons. Uh, You know, so when you come up, I, you know, I was kind of curious. I thought maybe we could, we could talk about the poplin, but I also want to talk about how you are inspired and how you put these collections together. So let's do that first because soulmate is, um, you know, you wrote about it as being somewhat a tribute to your husband, David, uh, that you work with. Uh, you guys work together, an amazing team. How does the, how does something like this start for you, the, the collection? Well, it can come at me from a, several different directions. Sometimes I have an idea that I want to explore, and sometimes it's a series of prints. I'm starting down one path, and I have an initial inspiration about what I want to do with the designs. And then the story can often build it in and of itself. So that's what happened with Soulmate. So I'm putting together my collection of prints, and it's it's loosely inspired by some Indian inspirations. It's inspired by some some geometric um, sort of natural explorations. I'm I'm really moved by all the places that I see and where I travel and where I live. And oftentimes, in most of my collections, they're translated in one form or another. So in Soulmate, mm-hmm. it's interesting that one of the key prints is a couple of peacocks, and the prince mm-hmm. called it Takes Two. And I started playing with the idea of, you know, it does take two. It takes two. Like, I couldn't do what I do without David in my life. I I wouldn't be the happy girl that I am. I wouldn't have this experience that I'm having in my fabric world. And he, as you know, he's such a big part of everything that I do. And I thought, you know, what be nice? a nice thing to do would be to explore the idea of a soulmate and what that means and like if it takes two well what does that mean to me and then I asked David what it meant to him and Mm -hmm. then I got the idea to ask some of my close friends what does it mean to you to have a soulmate and have them speak to their soulmate and then it just turned into this passion play which I love and that happens in one way or another with all of my collections and that's how it came together for a soulmate. 
you know, the, I work with my husband as well, which I know that you know that. Um, but it's so, you know, I just thought, oh, you know, I love that. I love the whole word and the, the prints. These, these prints have um, such a gorgeous palette to them. You know, the colors. When you say, you know, that you're in, you do a lot of travel, um, do you bring back like some sort of color palette? How does that sort of feed into what you're doing when you've been traveling? It happens a couple different ways, and one of the key ways that it comes home with me is I take a ton of photos, and mm-hmm. and we're going to talk <laughs> about Blossom Magazine a little bit, I think, but mm-hmm. a lot of what I see and experience and what are my true inspirations come home with me in millions of photographs, and I process them. Sometimes I use them in my color collage where I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with my color palettes, and I work intuitively in that process, and I think that's also the time and space when a lot of my other ideas come forward from all of these beautiful places I've been. So predominantly, I think we all have computers. We have these creative computers mm-hmm. in our heads. And we're constantly processing inspiration and color and ideas and design. And from my experience, I really feel like we were seeing organized design patterns in nature, of course, and decorative things that we see. You know, I, lo- I like to travel to decorative places. Mm-hmm. I'm a big flower girl <laughs> and so on. And so it all kind of gels in my subconscious. And when I go to, to do anything creative, especially when I'm working on my color palettes, I'm working on my print designs, that's when a lot of that information comes forward. So it, it's, it's kind of ambiguous in a lot of ways, but it just mm-hmm. it constantly is feeding my creativity bank. And I'm, I, don't, I can say that I'm not in a space where I'm not inspired because I'm so moved by what I get to experience. And then I get to relive it again when I get to translate my feelings into my art. So it's even more of a feeling. And then it's, mm-hmm. a color imp- it's a color impression. And so I find when I work intuitively, meaning I don't have guardrails around how I'm experiencing color, I do color collages, and then I match. I have a digital color palette on um, David's computer of 650 colors to date. Wow. And when I do my <laughs> color collages, I take my chips from my palette and I, I match back to the, these collages that I build with my inspirations and colors just come together. They relate to each other. And I also teach it as a workshop, which is really fun. It, but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a great meditative form of self-discovery, but I find that that's how I get my strongest colors when I just come from that place and don't overthink it. I love that. I love yeah. it. You know, and anybody you're very... can do it. <laughs> <laughs> they can. Do, Amy will teach you. Everybody will teach, teach everybody. Um, <laughs> so, so tell me about the poplin because I do want to talk about blossoms. So, you know, this always goes super fast. But um, sure. what what is the poplin? Why did you pick it, and what does it feel like for a quilter? Poplin. The poplin that we're working with in this collection is specifically focused on being used for quilting. That's mm-hmm. its main purpose. So the reason why it's called a poplin is because the weave is much tighter than our traditional quilting fabric. So we're working with a traditional quilting fabric is about 60 square. And the poplin is a much tighter weave. Probably the best comparison I have is with Liberty of London fabrics. You know, mm-hmm. they feel kind of silky, and they actually have a little bit of drape and movement to them. That's exactly the way the poplin feels, except it has a little bit more of the body of a quilting cotton, where I think Liberty is a little bit kind of pushes towards a wall. I mm-hmm. think this, this poplin that I'm working with is truly a, tr- a traditional quilting weight. But the beautiful thing about it, because it feels so amazing and because it's so tightly woven and it does move and have weight and drape, it crosses over awesome, awesomely yeah. to garments, bags, accessories, home decor, but especially for quilts. The quilts that we're making with it just feel incredible. 
Yeah, I loved it. You know, you had so many things made up so that I could actually go through and I felt them. And, you know, that's really the test, isn't it? When you make something up and it oh, yeah. it does what you're hoping for. <laughs> yes, yes it's, it's the happy happy end result. It's like, yes, it's, it's working. <laughs> right, right. Yes, I can wear it. Yes, I can put it in a quilt and a bag. <laughs> well, everybody has to try out um, the poplin and try out and get some of Soulmate. Uh, it's just gorgeous wow, uh so i you know i don't want to i want to be sure we talk about your online digital magazine called blossom which you have you've done um for a couple of years now uh what what is it about well blossom is is all about it's all about pure inspiration and inspiring mm-hmm. each other and lifting each other up through our life experiences the whole person mind body spirit and of course it's creatively focused because I'm an artist and I'm creative, so it, I'm the filter for Blossom, but it's not about me. So what I do is I capture stories and essays from people's life experience, and it's it's heavy on visual. Of course, mm-hmm. I think in my mind, I wanted it to be a visual journal over a lot of text, and I wanted the text to be short and meaningful and purposeful, so your experience is really focused on being moved. You know, it takes you right into your heart where you're not kind of stuck in your head reading every line, line, line. You mm-hmm. get just enough information to feel and connect to it. But it's really about, it's about seeing it and experiencing it. And, and the idea that when we're all on our purpose, we're on our path, and we go through all these incredible life experiences, challenges, things that grow us, things that that we learn from, and, and that pure self-expression is shared with others that inspires us all to do the same. So it's it's really become a catalyst that's building a conscientious forum for exploring creativity, beauty, and empowering everybody. That's the whole goal. You know, t- give me an example of um, maybe from the current issue, you know, because that's what will come up sure. first when they go there. Tell me one of the things in it. Like what will people experience, like an article or a series of photos you did? Oh, sure. We this this issue is this is my current issue is issue number four and I'm working on issue five right now, but it's it's very French inspired and I, I go in mm. depth with a series of stories and essays that chronicle my time in Southwest France um, for the past four years I've traveled over there with Kari Meng, so mm-hmm. there are a lot of incredible photographs, um, a lot of short essays that describe the area and my experiences, and I also invited Kari to write a little bit about it, which is really special, and then from my experience there, of course. You have to go to the flea market in Bracons, right? Come home <laughs> with course. beautiful antique needlepoints and French <laughs> linens. And I use that as inspiration to create Love It, Make It projects for the magazine where I utilize some of the vintage needlepoints and textiles that I, that I hunted down, and I turn them into fun projects in the magazine. So I, I like to weave in a, a, a couple big, broad artistic stories and try to connect in with some creative DIY with it as well. So that mm-hmm. people can have their own experience with it beyond the magazine. Yeah. And then um, I also have inspired mission-based entrepreneurial stories from people, stories from people like Matt Pitkin from The Stitch. And his, his whole world is a nonprofit that empowers survivors of sexual abuse. And he's mm-hmm. turned it into this beautiful creative self-expression platform that invites people to use their voice and speak up and heal from their abuse, but also... Um, be a voice for other people that need that same love. And mm-hmm. then I have um, great uh, educa- an educator and entrepreneurial story by Lisa Corpella, who's an or- organic plant-based skincare business. 
and mm-hmm. she sources and grows her own organic herbs for her products on her farm in Oregon, and she's an amazing photographer and educator and nature lover, so her, her story is absolutely beautiful. And then I have lots of artist essays and um, inspiring features from people like Heather Jones, our modern quilting goddess, and she mm-hmm. talks in her story about her process and how she works, from how she sees things, how she gets inspired, and how she literally translates that into her quilt design. So oh yes, yeah. she she is just wonderful too. You oh, know, and I know you guys. Oh yeah, I love her. Yeah, yeah. she's a really I, good friend. Yeah. You know, Amy, we have run out of time, um, oh, and I no. want everybody. I know I want everybody to go to amybutler.design.com where you can find Blossom. You can find all her fabrics. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Pat. This has been wonderful. I really appreciate it. It's good to talk to you. Okay. Bye bye. Choose from more than 100 of your favorite patterns from American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilts and More, and Quilt Sampler, all available online. Buy downloadable patterns today at apqshop.com. Join the One Million Pillowcase Challenge in March for the Ultimate Pillowcase Competition. Gather a team and compete in one of two categories during the month of March to make pillowcases, earn points, and maybe be crowned the Ultimate Pillowcase Champion. The top three teams in each category will be awarded cash prizes. Even if you're not forming a team, you can watch all the action with weekly voting and daily prizes. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash pillowcase madness for more information. Quilt Along with us in 2017. Join our fourth annual Quilt Along by stitching a wall hanging, a throw, or a one-block table topper, or all three projects. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash quiltalong for a list of participating bloggers and designers and to see photos of what staff members and other readers are sewing. Share your photos on social media by using the hashtag APQQuiltalong to join the fun. Follow American Patchwork and Quilting on Pinterest. To find ideas for bags, baby projects, pillowcases, storage and organization, and more, visit Pinterest.com backslash APQ Magazine to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. So I have Tiffany Hayes of Tiffany uh, of Needle in a Haystack, uh, who is a designer that creates pretty incredible quilts. She has a wide range of styles. She does a lot of block of the months and has created the goddess tool, which of course now I need to know exactly what that is because, you know, I I might need one. Uh, Tiffany, I'm so glad you're here. Well, Pat, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So, so we'll, we will get to the goddess tool in a second. But first, um, I want you to tell me a little backstory, Tiffany, because I love how you started your business. I mean, when you told me this story, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is awesome. How how did you decide to be to make quilting your business? Well, okay. So first off, I've quilted for a good long time. I have three mm-hmm. kids, and my oldest is Nick, and he's turning twenty eight. And I started quilting when he was newborn. So I've been at it a long, long time, and little did I know, but the very first quilt I did, I designed, not knowing I shouldn't do that. Oh. So now let's jump forward a little bit. I was at a local quilt guild meeting one night, and we had a fabulous speaker 
for the life of me, I don't know who they were now, but I know I came home super excited. And I said to my husband, okay, our youngest is 10, so in about eight years when she's ready to move out, I know what I want to do. I want to go out and speak and teach and share all my love for quilting. And he was on board. He said, well, I guess you better keep quilting, huh? And I'm like, yay! (laughs) So I didn't want that empty nest syndrome thing happening. So as they moved out, I went right into quilt business, and it worked out perfectly. Did you wait eight years, or did you sort of start sooner? (laughs) I, you know, I I just kept quilting, and I kept trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do, and it worked itself in there, and it, and it happened right about the time I thought it should. Yeah. It worked out really good. You know, you have a, a great range of designs, you know, um, and I love that some of your things are sort of asymmetrical and what I consider, you know, very contemporary and modern, like glam. Yes. And then, and I love that you have... Actually, you have one pattern. I was looking through your stuff, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is so cute, because you show how to use a panel, and you give, you know, and, and they're hard sometimes to make something creative, and you've done True. a lot of block of the months. Um, what what do you do? How is your style sort of created? Do you have specific ways? Um, you know, how do you approach it? Well, there's a number of things. Um, I'm create. I get creativity from just about anything. One of my favorite things currently is on Instagram. If you search your hashtags, my favorite one to search right now is hashtag I have this thing with floors. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's so much inspiration in floors and tiles, but then beyond that too, in wallpapers and mm-hmm. other designs. Um, but as far as when I sit down to design, I work with a good number of fabric companies, and so they send me their JPEGs before they're ever fabric, and they want me to create something with it. So sometimes I'm forced to use those panels. Not forced, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's what's in my wheelhouse that day. And so I think that's why I have such a wide range of patterns and creativity is because sometimes the fabric talks to me and sometimes... I wake up with a design in my head, and sometimes a floor makes me think of what I could make a pattern out of. So I just pull from all over the place. <laughs> so when you know when when is, you know I've I've done the same thing. You have you know worked with manufacturers, and it's like okay, you know here's a collection. Uh, do you have like a certain way you approach those that might be different than if you have fabric that you can do any you know get any fabric. Oh, absolutely. You have to look at the fabric line and decide, um, you know, if there's large prints and small prints. And you can't just go to the store and pull things that you feel need to go in that spot. You kind of have to work with what they give you and figure out how to work that into a pattern. So it's kind of coming at it from a different point of view. Yeah, it is. It is a totally it's a totally different way of thinking because you really can't add. Maybe you can add a solid or one of their basics, but for the most part, they often don't want that. They just want that collection. So correct. Yeah. Yeah. You do a great job with it. Oh, thanks. That's okay, a so lot of fun. It is fun. It actually is like a challenge. Like people enter a challenge. It's 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 a challenge of sorts to just use this fabric. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I have to hear about the goddess tool now. What okay. is it and why do I need one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so each of my block of the months is named after a Greek goddess, and that kind of happened accidentally. The very first one that I designed is 
a blue quilt with lots of stars. And I seem to, I can create a quilt, but I seem to struggle with naming quilts. Mm. So I was out running errands one day, and I thought, okay, there's got to be a Greek goddess of the stars. This quilt's got stars. So when I got home, I searched it, and there was, and it was Asteria. So that was her name. She, you know, she's Asteria, Greek goddess of the stars. And when I decided to teach that class at my local quilt store, I have a great love of triangles, and I was going to need to require my students to purchase a minimum of four, three to four different acrylic tools to accomplish mm-hmm. our, our quilt. And I woke up crazy three or four o'clock in the morning one morning, and I thought, oh, I think I can squish all these shapes into one tool. And I did, and I managed to do that, and I sent it off to be produced, and I got a phone call, and they said, okay, we're almost ready to go into production. All you have to do is name this quilt or name this tool. And the, the lady, my friend, who had quilted my biggest stereo quilt for me at the time, she, I didn't know what to name it. She was standing next to me, and she says, it's a goddess quilt. Call it the goddess tool. And I'm like, awesome. It's the goddess tool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so not much more thought into it than that, and I've created this goddess tool that has different triangles, different ways to make different triangles. And so after that, every other block of the month that uses the goddess tool ended up named after a Greek goddess. So yeah. there we go. Not, there not a go. great story, but an interesting story. Oh, I like the story, actually. I think it's... <laughs> Um, you know, I think it's a good one, the God, the goddess tool, because you know everything will will fl- will flow nicely when they work with your quilts, right? Because yes. you only have to have one tool, right? Right. Exactly. Okay, so- Exactly. So I want to switch gears, uh, Tiffany, because one of the things that we talked about was that, you know, you've, you, you know, being that you've done this a long time, you have a lot of different things you've experienced. And one of them you said was unique for you was having a museum, a quilt in, in a museum exhibit. What was that about? That was pretty exciting. I was working with Andover Fabrics. They're one of my favorite companies to work with. And they have a Quilts of Valor line, and I had designed a pattern using their Quilts of Valor line. And I got an email from them that said, um, we want to know if we can borrow your quilt for the Quilt Museum. And so I wrote back, I'm like, did you mean the the Quilt Museum in Paducah, Kentucky? And after some more researching, that's exactly what they meant. There was going to be a special Quilts of Valor display at the quilt museum and they didn't really want to borrow my quilt they wanted to use my quilt for the display and then award it to a veteran and I was super excited about that and I shared that information with my mom and she said well you need to be there and I thought well I really really want to go there but should I you know and so it worked out that my mom and I both traveled to Paducah Kentucky and we got to see my quilt as well as all the other Quilts of Valor quilts on display. And then on November 11th, 2015, that's when the display was, um, on Veterans Day, they did the awarding of the quilts, and I got to be there for that. And it was a really special event. It was an absolutely oh wonderful experience. Did you get to meet the actual person who took your quilt then? I did. I got to award it to him. And the funny thing is, is that... He didn't know until he got to Paducah that he was getting a quilt because his sister oh. was a machine is a machine quilter and she was there to help present a quilt and once he got there they told him that he was getting a quilt as well which was really cool and exciting because he understood what went into a quilt having a sister mm-hmm. as a quilter and as, as 
the event ended up that night. My mom and I, when we were at dinner, my sister and her brother-in-law came down from Michigan as well. So we were all at dinner, and my mom said, Tiffany, I don't know if you realize this, but most of the recipients of quilts took their quilts and nicely folded them and held them on their laps, and it was, and it was wonderful. She goes, but mm-hmm. Ken, who got your quilt, folded his quilt and held it to his heart all night. Just held it to his chest because he knew what it, you know, he knew what went into a quilt. And so not only did I get to present it, but I got a special connection with the person who received it. And it was just a really cool thing. Oh, I have goosebumps, Tiffany. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) That's a goosebump story. Oh, my goodness. How how wonderful. I had done one years ago and um i didn't i wasn't able to present it it was you know went through all its various things but how cool to be there and uh someone who understands too i mean i think everybody loves quilts right 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 but but they know when they really know and have a quilter in their life you know that makes it just that little extra special yes so exciting I know. Okay, so you know you have class. You you teach classes. You travel and teach, but you also have some online classes. We have about a minute. Tell oh. me what you have available online for people who can't get to you. Okay, online I have a crafty class. I got to fly to Denver and film that, and it is Asteria, and it's just a great class. That was a great experience. I have a free. Um, I have patterns on my website and on Craftsy, and there's one that is a little row quilt that I was part of a a row online uh, blog experience, and it's got a B2 bomber and poppies in it because I live in the Antelope Valley in Southern California, and both those things are important to me. So check that one out. Yeah, yeah, you have – do you do a newsletter too? I have, uh, sporadically do a newsletter, so there is a sign-up on my website. I won't be inundating anybody because, you know – I just like when I when the whim hits, I send one out. Right, right. <laughs> That's and can they find you like on Instagram and Facebook? Absolutely, needle in a haystack. That would yeah. be me. That would be you. Oh, okay. So this has been super fun. I appreciate everything and getting to know you a little bit better, Tiffany. This has been wonderful. It's been great fun. I'm so excited to have shared this time with you. I'm, I'm excited to be on the other end. I've listened to your show. Now I get to be on it. So exciting. <laughs> well, thank you. You have a great day. Thanks. You too. So this is American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan, and we're going to take a little break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to learn about cake mixes. Yeah, and they have to do with fabric and quilts. Boost your sewing skills from start to finish with daily tips from the editors of American Patchwork and Quilting. Visit tips.allpeoplequilt.com for inspiration. This quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. To avoid mixing up various sized strips once cut, you can write the measurements on the strip selvages. Get two full years of American Patchwork and Quilting delivered right to your door for the price of one. That's a full year free. Every issue is packed with never-before-seen projects from top designers, detailed photography, complete materials lists, and easy-to-use pull-out patterns and quilting diagrams. 
Subscribe today at allpeoplequilt.com. Take an ultimate shop hop tour of 11 top quilt shops. You'll find them all in the current issue of Quilt Sampler. Available now at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. And like I promised, we're going to hear about cake mixes and not the kind that I use. Um, but the kind with, well, maybe I could use them. I can use them, but they're not the kind that go in the oven. Uh, so Carrie Nelson is going to be on here and tell us all about uh, some new things that she has been designing. Carrie, thanks for coming back on the show. It's always so fun to talk to you. Hi, Pat. How are you? And it's always fun to talk to you, too. <laughs> I know. We see each other, like, at an event, but we don't get to really talk. You know, I talk to you longer when you come on my show than any other time. That's like... <laughs> but you know, that's what market is like. You see people, and you wave as you go past, and you go, I'll catch you later. You're right. And, yeah. <laughs> Months later, on the show. Months so- later, yes, on the show. <laughs> So you came up with this concept of um, cake mixes for using um, layer cakes, which are the 10-inch squares that Moda um, Mm -hmm. puts out from the fabric lines. And I have been fascinated by them. Uh, I have yet to try them because I was going to have you on first so that you could tell me personally all about them. That's like... Well, they're exactly what you described. It is essentially a triangle paper where it fits on the 10-inch square. You're going to layer two squares, either two prints, a print in the background, whatever you want to do, and or two solids. And you're going to pin the paper on it, stitch on the dotted lines, cut on the solid lines, and you're going to wind up with all of the parts you need to make a specific block, and all of them come with at least three different block patterns, block diagrams, Mm -hmm. and what it is is the analogy I use is the cake mix that you get that you put in the oven. Uh, You can go and get a devil's food chocolate cake mix, and it makes a perfectly fine devil's food cake, and there you go. But these, you can start playing around with them, and it's you add a can of cherry pie filling, and now you have chocolate cherry bars, and you add this over here, and now you've got a dump cake. And it's it's kind of a jumping-off point at its basic form. You have a simple quilt made with these blocks. You can mix and match blocks. Uh, and so that's kind of what it is it's it's just a glorified triangle paper that mixes different sizes and in some cases different parts so when you do one section uh-huh me, will it make like one layer cake if you have one packet does it make a whole quilt um not entirely yes it will um uh-huh the question is how big a quilt. If you uh, want yeah. a baby quilt, one layer cake would do 27, 21 of the sheets. Yes, mm-hmm. you'll have enough to make a baby quilt. For a few of them, if you start adding sashing, borders, 
yeah, you can get a nice size quilt, bed size quilt. It depends what you want to add. And a few of them, say you decide you have these three layer cakes, you really like the way they look together, you want something crazy, or you've even you've gone through your stash and you've cut it up and made some 10-inch squares so that you're adding to the collections, mm-hmm. you can just keep making it bigger. You just need more pieces of paper. So they're flexible in that regard. But yes, one layer cake would make a quilt. And in fact, one of the quilts we did for last fall, Tammy in the office, uh, she took one print layer cake, one solid layer cake, and made two nice throw quilts for her granddaughters. And oh. so, yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm talking like 56 by 56, 56 by 64. They, the two of them were actually completely different. Hmm. That's so cute. there is some flexibility. So I have a question. When you, you know, sew these, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. cut... You know, you're going to sew on one of the lines. You tell them, you know, on the papers. Now, mm-hmm. are they going to be slightly oversized? Is there trimming that has to happen, or will they be exact for this? Exact. These are oh, okay. exactly to size. Okay. The okay. only so- reason you might get any variation is with, you know, the usual suspects, uh, stitching, cutting, and pressing, that if you are stitching on the line, cutting on the line, and pressing as opposed to aggressively ironing, right? everything is exactly the size it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So is there a, like, something, like, because I haven't tried it myself, but, you know, <laughs> is there a place for the sewing that if you don't, you have to be really careful, like a tip, I guess, is what I'm asking for. Is there a tip for what to look at to be sure you don't sort of, you know, miss the miss the right the do- spot to sew. The dotted line and the truth there is you, you don't even have to be exact, exact, exact on the line. As long as you are for the most part on it most of the time, mm-hmm. uh, it actually still works. It's only if you're starting to do a little fishtailing off the line at the ends that you can have some problems when you're starting to sew blocks together. But those are the same problems we have if you're doing it the old-fashioned way or even trimming methods. As mm-hmm. long as you're pretty much on the line 95% of the time, uh, you're good to go. And surprisingly, as you're stitching along, it's easier to stay on that dotted line. You're just kind of watching a couple of inches in front of you, and and then you've got to turn and pivot. And uh, mm-hmm. it's nice for those times when you want to do a little stitching, but you're listening to something on Netflix, or you've got you know you're at retreat and you've got mm-hmm. a bunch of people gabbing. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> we always hate to use the word mindless sewing, but mm-hmm. this is that kind of thing. Of you can just be sitting and stitching and you know feeding them through, and it's it they go pretty fast. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They would be really great for when you just want to push fabric, but you want mm-hmm. to make something a little bit more creative after, when mm-hmm. it's all done. Well, and that's how, in some respects, I have always thought of this is for when you need a fast, simple project, here you go. Make your parts, sew them together, pick this block, do that. But there's so many of them that once you start, you've got start getting 
the pieces, especially the half triangle squares, you start laying them out. It's like, oh, well, I can do this, and oh, I could do this. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's like being given this this box of goodies of now what can you play with? All your parts are done, and that's when it's very handy to have something like a digital phone or a phone with a camera on it or a digital camera because you'll start playing and okay, what was it I did a few minutes ago? So it is. It's both. It lets you. Do something very simple and quick, but it's also a real jumping off point for design if you want to have a little fun and play. And you also then took this the next step because the 10 inches are the layer cakes and you went Mm -hmm. and did one for the charm packs, which are the five inch squares. And those are called cupcake mixes. Yay! (laughs) Yes. Well, I think, you know, for me, I had started doing charm pack patterns many years ago. And that was kind of where some of these, the ideas for breaking it up came about of, I have this five-inch square, what can I do with this? Mm-hmm. And, oh, well, if I split this and I do this on this half, and that kind of grew out of it. So I don't want to say that I put the cart before the horse, but I think I knew if we if if this worked mm-hmm. <laughs> uh here was a direction we could go yes there are some limitations because it is a 5 inch square right. uh, and pieces start getting really small if you start putting more things in there mm-hmm. but it's still that that design option of you get to play with some parts and then just start having some fun and and certainly if you start adding even other elements of sashing or a nine patch, Mm -hmm. um, you can just really go to town and have some fun. Which, after all, that is what this is all about, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why I need them. So, you know, I just needed you to personally tell me why I needed them. Well, you know I'm going to hook you up, right? (laughs) (laughs) Do you shorten your stitch length at all, Carrie? I do recommend doing that. Um, I'll be honest, I have never had a problem with thread breaking in all the years that I've used any kind of triangle paper. But it does help with that. The other thing with a little bit shorter stitch length is it helps perforate the paper. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it a little bit easier to tear. And the surprise, though, even there is unless, you, unless you're doing something where you've printed off paper and you're using a heavier bond, it's surprising that the paper tears pretty easily. And I think that is partly because of the little bit shorter stitch length. And by that, I mean 12 to 14 stitches to the inch. Um, I think for a lot of people on their sewing machines, the setting is about 1.5. Yeah, and this these um, mixes include the papers, so that's the yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So they. All that's have what it is. There. It's all pre-printed, and and I have to tell you, we did when we were researching all this. The other nice part is, I never remember if it's if it's the cold or the hot press. I think it's what's called the hot press. Um, the ink doesn't smear, mm. which it can with other processes, and the paper is wonderful it is it tears so easily and so beautifully 
but it's not real, real flimsy. So uh, that was a case of the the printer. So you bought this paper and you went, this is what we're going to be able to use? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> because that is, it's stitching, it's the easy part. And I don't want to say tearing it off is the harder part, but anybody who's ever done paper piecing with some different types of paper knows mm-hmm. sometimes getting the paper out of there can be the biggest challenge. So. Right. Yeah. I'm glad that the papers are all in there because then you're getting that mm-hmm. better paper for tearing it off. So that's another mindless task, but it's not that it's you know Zen. It's a Zen moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. And it's kind of fun to just be able to sit down, open the pad, tear off a few sheets, start layering them and stitching, get a few more sheets, layer and stitch. Um, it's it's just a nice process. Trust me, I've stitched enough of them that it's it's it is it's a relaxing process. Well, we have about a minute, Carrie, and so I yes. want to touch on one more thing that's coming up, uh, mm-hmm. and that is in September, because Moda's and you, I think, are all about days. You know, days for this, days for that. So there's going to be like a jelly roll day. Um can you just give us the brief, you know, on what's what that's going to be? Uh, to celebrate, it started with a celebration of the anniversary of the Jelly Roll, which oh. this year the Jelly Roll will officially be 11 years old in September. Yay. And, you know, we like parties and we like yeah. things where we can celebrate and get together with our friends and sew and have some fun and just have giveaways and snacks and fun and so we declared national sew a jelly roll day and it is going to be we're encouraging shops to participate we're going to be sending them goodies uh there will be shops available uh free patterns we'll be providing some stuff links to free patterns promoting people's really amazing jelly roll quilts and and just basically Having a party around jelly rolls. I just love it. It's a, it's a whole food thing. There's a we've got that too. <laughs> that too. That's, well, this has uh, been so much fun, Carrie. I love well, thank catching you. up and getting all the details. Me too. And the one thing I did forget, September sixteenth, it will always be the third Saturday of September. This okay. year it happens to be the sixteenth. All right. It's the first annual. The first annual. And if people want more information, they can go to www.projectjellyroll.com. Perfect. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you in passing in Houston. Yes, I'll be there. (laughs) Bye. Looking for fresh, simple, and fun projects and ideas? Check out the current issue of Quilts and More magazine at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Join American Patchwork and Quilting on Facebook for daily quilting inspiration, tips, giveaways, and more. Find us at facebook.com backslash APQ magazine. This quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Press and seal can be used to hold pieced units in place before sewing together. See what other quilters are up to on the American Patchwork and Quilting page on Facebook. Simply go to facebook.com and search for APQ Magazine. 
Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. My whole show today, which I just realized this, is full of very seasoned designers. You know, every single person I've talked to so far, including my next guest, has been doing this a while. And they have a style and an aesthetic and they change and they do new things. And so that's one of the reasons I wanted Monique Dillard of Open uh, Gate Quilts to come back on. It's been a little while and she has been exploring some new and interesting things with her design work and really just um, amazing, amazing quilts are coming out of Monique lately. So thank you for being here, Monique. Well, thank you for the compliments and thank you for having me. It's been a while. You're right. I know. I know. Is it, you know, we... We caught up the other day, um, we were at the show, and I thought, oh, you know, we have to we have to talk again. You know, you've been, I think you told me you've been designing, you know, more than, than 13 years. Um, what do you see as, like, the biggest change for yourself from when you started your business to what you're doing now? I think the biggest change is that um, you have to kind of um, go with, go with what the industry is doing. So if if I started off doing very traditional quilts, and then as I got into it more, I started doing uh, other things like um, inventing rulers because I couldn't find one that worked for me. And then I, I started designing fabric, and I, and then um, I've written a couple books and and that kind of thing. And then it, it's kind of like an evolution of how you, um, what your quilting is. You start off with just very basic and simple and then you start expanding and seeing different things and now I've been doing a lot of more modern quilts and I've been loving it it's just given me uh, again a whole new perspective and a whole new new way to go instead of just doing traditional and don't get me wrong I still love my traditional quilts Mm -hmm. Right, and I think that that's what's really wonderful about quilting is that we don't have to do just one style we can Yeah, you can explore and you can go back and forth even. I mean, it's all very open. There's no rule about that. Thank goodness, right? <laughs> yeah, no no doubt. Yeah, you were not pigeonholed into one thing. We can do so many things. And, and that's one thing I do love about quilting is there is so many different aspects of it. And there's and it's I never get bored. I'm always excited about what I'm doing and what's coming up next. And, and that's quilting is awesome. Great people, great designs everything is just i i love it you know one of the things i want to talk about was some of the quilts you've been doing uh that i think of are just spectacular you just sort of push the 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 design into some really great things with solids and the ombres you know which are variegated you know however people mm-hmm. like to think about that you know when you were asked to work with those um what did you think well, you know, it was that was one quite a challenge because when I first started working with those, I thought, okay, how can I make these interesting? Because when you're working with just solids, they can can get very boring. So I think what I tried, and this is where I find that my niche is, is I like to do the gradation of the colors. So mm-hmm. instead of just using one red or one green or one blue I try to do three or four and that really pops all those colors so you're going from light to dark and it adds a lot of interest to it and that's why I think the ombres are so interesting too because in one strip of fabric you get all those those colors 
and you think you're going to get one design, and then when you put it together, because you're working with lights and darks, you get to- something totally different, and it just sparkles. I just, it's so much fun to see it come together. So do you have a tip for how to work with those ombres, those variegated, where it goes dark to light, and they're generally one shade, like you know, blue, very dark blue, right. or even a medium blue to a very light. You know, if you have this piece of fabric that's that's changing color on you and you're going to do traditional patchwork with it, how do you approach it? You know, what kind of a tip can you give people? What I try to do is um, I'll try and make a block or two of using those fabrics mm. so that I could see where they're going to to go and if if it's not working because sometimes when you put um like you have a blue and you have the light in the dark and then you have a white next to it well the light sometimes blends in so then maybe you want to switch to maybe a different color blue or a darker blue or something that's going to help pop those fabrics a little more but some of the fun about the ombres is that, that sometimes Mm -hmm. you're going to get some fading in and sometimes you're going to get some pop. And I think it's a different mindset because when I first started working on it, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to (laughs) work. And then when I saw the quilts, I'm like, this is pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. So did you have some, did you have any like, you know, like fails? Like you're like, okay, I'm going to do this design. I'm going to use this fabric, this solid or this ombre. And you start and you're just like, this is just not working. Did did that happen? Oh, in the- <laughs> oh definitely. That, that happens in, I think in any designing because what you think is going to come out is something different than what, what actually comes out. And I find that more even so with the ombres because of that, you're not, at least with the colors, you know, okay, this is a blue and I know it's going to go well with this this cream or this green or whatever. But then if you have those light and darks, it changes things. So I have done a lot of trial and error. Um, I did, I was able to kind of, I use uh, InDesign to design my fab or my quilts. So mm-hmm. I was able to do some gradation in Photoshop and, and kind of get the idea of what the quilt was, was like. And that helped me a lot in designing because when I kind of chopped it up, I could move the fabric around a little bit and have some lights in one place and have some darks in another and see how it's going to eventually come out. So, yeah, I've had a lot of trial and errors. <laughs> we never we never do it the first time and think, wow, that's gorgeous. You're like, okay, i got to go back to the drawing board and play around with this a bit. <laughs> so, so have you... Um... Have you found that working with the solids and the ombres is now easier now that you've done quite a few? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, it mm-hmm. again, it's just like anything you work with, the more you you work on it, the easier it becomes because you're starting to get a feel for how the colors will come out, how the fabrics mm-hmm. feel. And, and so, yeah, it definitely has gotten much easier. So now I can look at them and say, okay, I think that would be be really cool there or change it to make it, you know, look really good. So, yeah, it's it's taken me a while, but I've gotten to the point where I can kind of, and I, I still have errors, there's no doubt, but I still, you know, it's right. gotten much easier. Yeah, I, I can remember I had to was changing sort of style of fabric at one point, you know, working with a different style. And it just took a little while to get the mind, you know, wrapped around 
yeah, yeah. how they play together and that kind Definitely. of a thing. It's kind I think of like the, the teak too. You know, it's the same idea. Of, mm-hmm. You know, you you if you work with traditional fabrics so much, you just kind of know how things are going to go. And then when you switch to a batik or a solid or an ombres, and you're like, you're not sure exactly how things will turn out. Even if you look at quilts, you're still not that sure. But I found that with batiks, it took me quite a while to get to the point where I knew where it was going to turn out. And now I love working with those as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you're a regular contributor to American Patchwork and Quilting's family of magazines. You know, you've done a lot of projects with, with us. Um, is there one, Monique, that kind of sticks out for you that you like? Do you have like a favorite? I won't tell the other ones. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, honestly, I've got a couple. The first one that I ever did for them um, what is called Rhythm and Blues, and I think Actually, I think it was my second one that I did with them, but it was on the cover of the magazine. And for that reason alone, I was super excited. And oh, yeah. I love that quilt because, you know, you're on the cover of a magazine. So I was pretty, pretty excited about that one. And I just love the blues and creams together and how and it wasn't a difficult quilt, but it, it's one of those quilts where you had easy piecing you put it together and it looks more complicated so mm-hmm. you know that's one of my favorite things about quilting is that and then I also had another quilt and forgive me I can't remember the name of the quilt but it was in a calendar and it was a pink and brown quilt and um, it's one of my favorite quilts and when I the original quilt they called it was Neapolitan which I thought was an awesome name but they did change it yeah. um, and it's it's one of those quilts that um, every time I need a comfort quilt or if I want to bring bring it to, you know, how you go to a hotel and you, you take mm-hmm. off the, the cover and you yeah. bring your own quilt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the quilt I bring with me because I just love it. I love that quilt. So. And pink and brown is such a classic um, combination. Uh, have you ever tried it in more contemporary fabrics? I mean, that was, I think that quilt, I know... You, we, we have a picture of it. That was a, right. a more traditional fabrics, which is pink and brown are a real traditional, um, yeah. you know, color combo. But how about with the more contemporary fabrics? You know, I haven't, but that gives me some ideas. I might have to try that because I think it would be, yeah. especially in the ombres, I think that would be a, a spectacular look yeah. to have yeah. that. That's Yeah, that's a great idea. Thanks for the okay. idea of that. So we need a new trend. We're going to start a new trend, pink and brown. Because, you know, a lot of pinks are, are done. There's like a whole a whole array of pinks that are more bright and girly. Right. And, and then, mm-hmm. but then there's this softer palette that's, um, yeah. that looks super yeah. with brown. Oh, yeah, definitely. And pink is actually one of my favorite colors. So, you know, I like to combine it with just about anything that I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the switch the switch gears. You okay. um you recently got married and your I husband did, yes. yes, that's so exciting. Your uh your I met your husband. He is such a great guy. Um he is. so so is he jumping in and, and working with you some? Um you know, does he have a different does he have his own day job too? He does have his own day job. He would love to um have me be his boss time so <laughs> that's the goal eventually um but yeah he uh, he he is wonderful he has really helped me build my business a lot in the last couple of years we've worked on a new website 
www.opengatequilts.com. And he's been working on the Facebook, my helping me post Facebook uh, and Instagram and encourages me to blog and tries to get me to, to, and he's always saying, okay, how about this? Why don't we try this? Let's do this. So he's been really good about it. And honestly, he's on looking at quilts more than I am. I'll say, what are you doing? Oh, I'm looking at quilts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but he's always, you know, looking for things and, and uh, giving me ideas and helping me out. And funny story, we went to a quilt guild in um, Ottawa, Illinois, and um, he had never been to a lecture that I had done before. And, of course, I was very nervous at first because, you know, he's standing there watching me. And, mm-hmm. and so then he jumped right in and was holding up quilts and teasing me. And we were kind of bantering back and forth. And at the end of it, I, I said to him, I go, you know what? They're just going to say, you have to come with him or you can't come at all. Because right. <laughs> the ladies were super entertained by him. <laughs> so wow. he's a great this- partner. <laughs> That's great. It's it's wonderful to have uh, a business partner that you uh, you can trust that well. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, Monique, this has been so much fun. Thank you for joining me again uh, here on the talk show. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ted. So great to talk to you. So this is uh, American Patchwork and Quilting's uh, talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. I want you to go out and visit allpeoplequilt.com. At our website, you can find all of the past shows. And there you could download things you might have missed. Or if you're just new to my show, you can go back and get some of the others. Um, Visit me at patsloan.com. And we'll see you next time. Remember to visit allpeoplequilt.com for more information on topics from today's show, as well as how-to videos, free printable patterns, and additional tips and techniques. Thanks for listening.